What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of The Gray Area with uh, Billy and the return of Drew. Drew's back, back and better than ever, back like Jordan, wearing the 4-5. You know what I'm talking about. It just wasn't the same without me. Nothing was the same. Part two. Nothing was the same. But um, no, uh, happy to be back, man. I'm actually I'm, I'm uh, visiting Chicago right now before we um, have to go back to the office, uh, whenever that is. Um, so I was on hiatus last week. Um, this week I'm back. I do not have my um, my good microphone, so bear with me if the quality is a little bit lower this time around. But um, I'm exci- excited to kind of you know talk to you guys and excited to be back fully. And we're gonna hopefully have a good show for you guys today. All right, so let's get into it, Drew. What have you been up to besides uh, ditching out on the podcast lately? <laughs> yeah, man. How was doing it solo? I mean, I, you're basically just like talking to yourself. So that that was. Um, I mean, I think you did a really good job, though. But man, I've been I've been chilling, man. It's been good to see the family. I haven't seen them in six months, other than like video calls. Um, so I just came back, staying with my family, realizing that I'm so thankful that I do not live with them. <laughs> it's like nice to see that my niece is, is she's a little over two and she's over here all the time and um right it's great right like i'll play with her we'll be playing with her toys she has a little indoor trampoline we'll go outside go to the park and then i'm like okay here take her back like get, get this fucking baby away from me yeah i'm good off that <laughs> get the doses right the doses that are um you know enough for me to be happy and here uh, but also enough for me to be like oh i don't want my own that's for sure yeah honestly if i could like skip to being a grandparent that's like the cool i feel like because then you could just like have the kids only for the cool part and as soon as the kid starts acting up you're like oh let me just give you out back to mommy and daddy <laughs> exactly exactly man. but no it's been good to be back i'm actually headed back home to north carolina in a couple of days um but yeah man it's been it's been good i'm just waiting uh everything um i mean i guess to switch gears here things have started to open back up in north carolina um i think restaurants are opening up um, retail stores are opening up, I think at 25 or 50% capacity. Um, but however, gyms or gyms and, and barbershops, I think haven't opened yet. Wait, no, I lied. Barbershops have opened. Gyms have not opened yet. Um, so I will not be a part of the Guinea pig trial. Um, so I'm going to lay low for a couple of weeks and see how, see how, um, you know, the cases spike up or spike down because of everything opening back up. But, um, I mean, it's exciting that we're kind of finally, getting towards the um, as close to normal as possible. Everything's going to be a lot different. I'm not saying it's normal, but, you know, just kind of getting back to the day-to-day routine of seeing people going out, um, doing things. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting past this. It's been a long two and a half months. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think everyone knows listening. It's definitely been hard for no matter who you are, no matter how productive and like well off your life is, if you're stuck in the house as much as you've been, it's okay to, you know, it might not be okay, you know? And I think now that we're opening things up, it's a glimmer of hope for a lot of people that may have not seen it that way. I know in Illinois, uh, restaurants and bars are now going to be opening up on May 29th or after May 29th, if that is. The date and it's for outdoor area seating only uh, a couple other stores are being allowed to do stuff I saw that Illinois Congress actually just unanimously passed the law that would allow for any bars and restaurants to have their own drinks you know made for pickup and carry out like it's food so bars are now going to be able to serve you some margaritas from the uh, convenience of a curb stop 
So good things here in Illinois, you know? Yeah, man, hope, I mean, hopefully that's, that's here to stay, right? I think that's one of the things that we've gotten from um, this whole quarantine that, like, we're like, hey, why the fuck didn't we do this before? Like, why did we wait this long to have takeout fucking drinks? Um, I love me a good $4 margarita, especially if I'm picking up some tacos. You know, it's just perfect. Um, yeah, man, a lot of things are going to look different on the other side of this. But, yeah, it's 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 um, – like you said, man, it's okay to be not okay sometimes. I, I would say myself, man, I've been, you know, some nights I'm just fucking blasting sad ass music. A shout out to the Sad Boy playlist that performing put together on Spotify. Go sure. check it out. Um, I be crying. You try to get in your feelings. Um, but yeah, man, sometimes it's okay to just, you know, not be okay, right? Like, um, obviously, right, you don't want to put yourself in a dark place, but. You know, you don't have to be, you know, the, the most hippie, happy person all the time, right? Like, uh, everybody goes through things and goes through waves. And like you said, it's just a glimmer of, glamour of ho- uh, hope, right, that we're actually able to do things. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully, right, the state, local government, federal government does a good job of keeping us safe. Um, but I did want to say just, right, we're approaching 100,000 deaths here. So, I mean, it's not no, it's not a fucking game. It's not like some, you know, um, minuscule total number of deaths like we're literally approaching um world war one and world war two numbers like probably before the end of this thing i think there's only right now there's only two or three wars that have more american casualties than coronavirus um now i understand right there's things that kill a lot of people all the time right like car accidents opioid overdoses right every however this right this is this is unprecedented so i do i do think that when you're speaking about it make sure that you are um just you know, paying your respects to those people who have been affected and lost some loved ones or lost their own life. Um, just say that piece real quick. No, that's, I think that's definitely important to note um, because I, I don't know. I think this is in, in a way, it, you know, th- that even though we have been behind as a country on, you know, actions for coronavirus, you could see that some of the things we've been doing, you know, from wearing masks and social distancing and increased testing has helped improve the situation. And you already are getting people that are saying, well, you know, this wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be, which in reality, having people think that is probably the better idea, but that it doesn't mean that it's not a big deal. It means that, Hey, we're telling you all these things you need to do. And now they're starting to work, you know, like people don't for those listening, don't get it confused that, there's things that, you know, it might look like, oh, coronavirus, they just made it up. You know, you see people online make stupid conspiracy theories and stuff. It's very real. People have been affected. But you should know that a lot of people in our healthcare industry have been doing a pretty good job of their, uh, their job, right, to keep people safe. The government, for the most part, has at least had the people's best interest in mind for the social distancing rules. Uh, obviously, moving forward, we're starting to open up and we could change rules. But don't look at this like we overreacted. I guess is the way I would say. Right, right, and and I, and we're we're gonna we're gonna change the topic here shortly. Um, but yeah, man, it's just um, right. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, everyone was wrong. It wasn't as bad as we thought." Blah blah blah. Um, I I I think that we did a a good job as far as overreacting, especially in in certain states. And um, I know you know Seattle, Washington State, they did a pretty good job. California did a pretty good job of acting early. And right, like I, I, I hate that everything has been politicized. It's like, oh, you know, they want to keep the government shut down, blah blah blah. Like, it wasn't even as bad as they predicted. Um, I think we should not be trying to do look at it that way. We need to look at it from the standpoint of, hey, like, 
maybe some mistakes were made, but uh, pointing the blame right now is probably not going to be the most productive. However, the things that we've done definitely have slowed this, this thing down, right? Like that, that graph, that exponential graph, that was just, the cases were just going up and up and up, doubling every three, four days back. This was back in March, early, um, early April. And who knows where we would have been if we just, just kept going on with life like it was regular. Um, so please don't be one of those people that are just like, oh, we didn't even need to do any of this. This is all overreaction. Um, no, it's going to be hard to know exactly how many lives we have saved because of it, but I feel pretty confident in saying that it's probably hundreds of thousands of extra you know, lives that we probably saved by kind of you know, being more cautious rather than just um, going on our, on our day-to-day like, like nothing happened. Exactly. You know, let's, I think we should move on to maybe some lighter news. I'm sure everyone's a little sick of Corona as well as we are. Yeah. We just have to kind of give our little piece there, but um, man, um, I know um, we both kind of made a comment about something that we saw on the internet, right? The 2013, 2014 Grammys, um, or I think it's 2014. Yeah. Um, the nominees for best hip hop album, Drake, nothing was the same. Uh, Jay-Z, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City, and Kanye West, Yeezus, um, right? Those are pretty, those are four pretty top to bottom. I don't know if you want to call them all classics, but I'm really willing to say all four of those albums are classics. Right. And who fucking won that that year? Must have been someone just off the charts. <laughs> Man, that album must have been fire. Drum roll, please. Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, the heist. Ah, oh, fuck those what? Grammys, bro. What, I, what, what happened to Macklemore, man? He, he won that Grammy and just said, fuck it, I'm done. He, he got the bag, bro. He probably had like a Target commercial and then just rode off into the sunset. I don't man, know what. Does he still make music? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I will say I was, um, I, I was finishing up high school around the time, but. Man, you couldn't turn on the radio without hearing a fucking Macklemore song. I'll tell you that much. Um, it's something about um, white guys, uh, ra- you know, rapping, whatever you want to call it. That just, you know, mainstream media loves that shit. But he, he, I mean, he, he had his little, he had his, his, uh, his fifteen minutes. That's for sure. And he got a huge bag off of it, bro. That's on. It's on. That's uh, Macklemore might be the American dream, to be <laughs> honest. To he step it. To down. step. To step into a category you are very much not the expert in and to succeed, good, you know what? In a way, it's good for Macklemore, but that just proves that the Grammys don't fucking matter. Like, you're going to get tell me that, like, a room of, like, whatever, 50 people, like, are going to decide what was the rap album of the year, and you're going to, and you're going to let them make that decision, and you're going to be like, hey, so we all just thought about it, and it was, uh, it's Macklemore. <laughs> and no, and nobody, not one person, was like, "You sure? Like, you like that's the decision we're going with? That's what I have to read on stage." I don't know what the criteria is, right, for you know being uh, able to, you know, be a vote for like these these um, Academy Awards. But, man, I would love to just be in a room with everyone who decides these kinds of things. Is it the same people, right? Are, is it the same people doing the hip hop that are doing right the, the rock and the country? And, like, <laughs> they gotta listen to all the albums together. Like I just don't understand. Like what, I don't understand. Um, uh, and right, I'm not obviously not going to do this because it's not that big of a deal. However, sometimes these people need to be fired. 
Yeah, dude. I always go back and forth because here's the thing. To me, these award shows don't really mean too much, but I'm also the first person who's very angry when these award shows like give a stupid like like stupid award or like even stuff online. Like I'll never forget. I don't know if you know him, but uh, Anthony Fantano. Like he's a music uh, cr- critic on YouTube. Critiques all these albums, right? I didn't really know anything about this guy and the first thing i see is him rate my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by kanye and he gave it a 6.1 and i was like i'm good on that and then a couple hold up by the way you're a little soft on the mic right now sorry yeah but uh but anyways move (laughs) he re-reviews that he goes i know a lot of people were upset with me for my review uh i just want to give it another shot and like people in the comments were like finally like this guy did it bogus and everyone knows it's a classic album this man re-reviews it and gives it the same grade (laughs) he's like like, i'm sticking to it man i had to respect at that point i was like i have to just respect it a little bit you you didn't budge but this is one of those things when i say uh all opinions are not created equally and right if if you know i get it you're you're a music reviewer music you know critic but come on, man, if you're, if, if you're not really like a, a listener of the genre, like you have no business kind of, you know, judging it and giving it like, obviously you can have your opinion. I'm not saying you can't have your opinion, but when you're, when your opinion is like deciding, right, like whether or not this is going to, you know, what's going to win the, the best, you know, quote unquote album of the year. I just think that you want to make sure that we're giving those, um, the people who are actually in the space, experiencing the space, you know, the opportunity to make sure that someone not named Macklemore wins best hip hop album of 2014. Cause come on, man. I like, if we were to put up like who, which, which one of these albums is still getting streamed like at the highest rate, I guarantee you all of them, all of them, all the other albums are being streamed way more than Macklemore. We let Macklemore rap about a thrift shop, bro. Like, and everyone was like, yep, this is going to be the hit song of the summer. Yeah, man. You know what? That was the start of gentrification, man. Thrift shopping, you're like moving into the motherfucking, you yeah. know, the, the, the cool little hip neighborhood in the city that, you know, is newly being renovated, popping up a yoga studio. Like, Macklemore makes the music for those kind of motherfuckers, right? Motherfuckers who are woke, but also ignorant as fuck. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm going to just put this out here. I'm, I have a hypothesis that I will have to prove. Macklemore somehow is responsible for Takashi 6 9 <laughs> I, I don't have answers for that how it is yet, but uh, touch base in like a year and I'll, have, I'll do some research. Don't ask us where we got, get, uh, got that from, but um, yeah, man, Takashi 6 9 is a product of Macklemore. Without Macklemore, there's no 6 9 mm-hmm. uh, But I, mean, I guess, I mean, we didn't really plan on talking about fucking Takashi 6 9 but um, I mean, should we? <laughs> yeah, I think we have to talk about that, man. <laughs> Dude, I, like, like, first off, I don't understand how, like, he's a real person. Like, you know, like, he's almost like a cartoon character to me. He, I don't... He's hilarious. I don't even understand. Like, I, so me, me and my brother actually were talking about this uh, yesterday. So I may be wrong. But I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, man, like, definitely, like, he's not safe. People are going to be after him. Um, But they're probably, he's probably going to be fine for a couple of years, and then maybe something happens later down the road. Um, But I think that he's still going to be able, like, my brother was saying he won't be able to do any shows or any tours or anything. I don't know. I feel like he he will. 
don't know though. Like venues may not want to book him. Festivals yeah. book him. But he's he. I mean, he's gonna be have a heavy, 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 heavy security, right? Like, I understand, right? Anyone wants to get whacked, right? Anybody can get got. We've had presidents get assassinated. Don't get me wrong, but man, he he's a money machine, dude. Like, you see every single hip hop, not even hip hop, just entertainment blog or you know website, um, you know music music studio, anything. They're they're all they're reposting his content they're putting it on the discover page they're putting it everywhere like you can't go anywhere on the internet without seeing this guy and he like he he broke the instagram live streaming um live streaming record by like 1.7 million like his most was 300,000 and he did 2 million like a, a week after the 300,000 record was set so i mean obviously he's a very very polarizing figure and um because he's so polarizing that he, he's a massive, massive revenue generator, not just for himself, but for a lot of other companies, which is why I think that he probably will be able to do tours because they're not going to pass up on that money. You know, obviously they're going to have higher expenses on security and making sure everything's safe. But I, I just, I don't know, man, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think he's going to, he's going to be able to, you know, do do his thing. Oh yeah. No, he's definitely good. The use, like, here's the thing. There, there will be a fair amount of, rappers that will you know not want to fuck with him in the industry for what he did you know like it isn't but i will tell you that money goes pretty far and he know like there's a lot of rappers that are still going to realize that they can make a lot of money with him he like people think his music career is over it's like it's not like like i think he realized that like in like he he could just like the world is so weird. I just like ever since like R. Kelly, I've realized that like it does it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. don't care if you're a bad person. They're just like, all right, like whatever. Then your music will go on. Yeah, we'll see, man. I I think that anyone who who any rapper who 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 their image is built on right being you know from the streets, being thorough, being hood, being you know loyal. Like I don't I don't foresee anyone like that collaborating with him. Um, but I, I do think that there's going to be people that are going to make music with them. People that are, are maybe not so names, maybe not, but um, I, I do think there's still going to be a, a big, big segment of the hip hop industry that's not going to want to fuck with them. But right from a, from like a commercial standpoint, from like a label standpoint, from like right the production companies, the you know the uh, touring companies, I think that they're still going to they're gonna, they're going to see him as a money machine. Um, but man, that dude is nuts. We can move on to the next topic, but um. Yeah, man. Entertaining guy. Uh, hopefully he, you know, I mean, I would never wish death upon anybody. Hopefully he stays safe, but he's going to have a hard time navigating. Oh. Yeah, and I don't think uh, a witness protection program really helps you when you have rainbow hair and 6'9 on your face. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's over with. It's over with. Oh. All right. So I guess let's move towards uh, some other, I guess, better entertainment. And we're going to talk some, we got some sports issues right now. Uh, First live update for those it's, – well, it's not going to be live when you listen to this episode, but it doesn't matter because you'll know what I'm talking about. Tom Brady and Tiger Woods are currently facing off – no, Ty, Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson are facing off with Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods in a celebrity pro-am golf tournament right now as we speak. Uh, I've seen only a couple clips of it. And from what I've seen, Tom Brady, not as good at golf as he is uh, at football. He's shanked a couple in the, into the forest. And 
I don't know if anyone really cares about golf, but I thought that a chance to see, you know, people I once thought of as, you know, like the goats, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play a sport and look terrible. And it makes me feel like, Hey, these are regular guys too. Yeah, man. Um, I will say though, I guarantee you Tom Brady, once he retires, he'll probably get amazing at golf. Oh, I won't doubt it. That kind of guy. He already is making that documentary. Did you see that? Yeah, man. I think that's premature. Um, personally, I don't think that you should get a 10, nine, whatever, 10 part documentary series when you're still, you know, in the league, (laughs) especially he's still a contender, right? The story, I mean, like, what are you gonna do? Have another one 10 years later? I mean, who knows, right? Capitalism society, you know, that's another, it'll, it'll probably be watched just, just the amount of times that the first one was watched, but the story's not finished. I don't know, man. I I just think that I don't, I don't have a, I, I don't know. I don't think that that's, that's the best way to do it. The only way I could see that this working is if, like, he's – because it said it was supposed to come out 2021. So if Tom is trying to do, like, a like a Jordan thing where, like, this is his last ride, you know, here in Tampa Bay to win, try to win a championship and get that filmed. Now, I could see that working, but then that would have to be Tom, like, retiring right after it. So, But who knows? I mean, if you could write a movie script, that, that would sound great, but – who's to say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can just check the box for Super Bowl champion, you know, like, yeah, no, that is fair. Um, yeah, well, it's exciting to get some, some sports back on the, you know, television. I personally am not watching this golf tournament. Um, but we're also entering, um, some pretty interesting times, right? We got some word that, that the, the NBA is, is in the negotiations, um, with Disney in the state of Florida, to kind of uh, run the rest of the, the season out of um, their their um, worldwide sports down in Orlando and kind of put all the players in the million of acres of fucking Disney resorts. Obviously, there'd be no fans. There'd be no, like, you know, um, around, but I think that's a pretty good idea, man. Quarantine the players for, you know, a couple more months, right? It's obviously going to be tough being away from the family, but um, – you know, the, the faces of the NBA seem like they are on board and they really, really want to continue the season. Um, no one more than the man himself, LeBron James. Oh, LeBron, Def. <laughs> so I touched on this actually last week when you were back, but uh, LeBron, Kawhi, Steph Curry and company, Chris Paul, many other players hopped on a conference call together to try to like talk about the plan. And I, and I already know it's like LeBron's like, I did not just get the first seed in the West in year 17 for fucking coronavirus to stop yeah. me from getting a championship. hundred percent. LeBron has the most to lose than anyone. And I'm not talking about like money, but like, I'm talking about like everything else um, to not continue in this NBA. Season, right. Like, Last year, the fucking Lakers they didn't make the playoffs, right? Like, no, he got hurt, and then they were they underperformed anyways. Right. So, so he 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 didn't play in the playoffs for the first time in I don't know how long last season. This season, right? They were the best team in the NBA. They uh, were one seed. He was dominating, just you know, effortlessly, just going out every night and dropping 29, 20, 30 points a game. You know, eight assists, twelve. He was just doing his thing. Um, and right, like if you were just not to finish the season, he would be you know, salty as hell. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited. They're saying, I think, July is when they when they hope to kick that off. Yeah, What so what they said was if they come to an agreement, they 
they would start with like a week or two of the regular season left where they would play a couple games, players get back in the sweat. Obviously, at that point, some teams aren't going to make the playoffs, but it would just be like finishing up the season anyways. Then those other teams that weren't going to be in the playoffs after the first two weeks or whatever go home and they're that once they get, I guess, what they get cleared of like a, you know, like a 10 day grace period when they get tested on their way out of the facility, they go home to their families and stuff. And then everybody that's in the playoffs would continue then. Uh, I don't remember exactly when the finals would end on the schedule, but then I, I know that the next year NBA schedule for 2020, 2021 would be pushed back and we would have opening day, opening night for the NBA on Christmas day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that, that's interesting. I would say, um, I wonder how, right, like, because, like, at some point, they're going to have to shorten the offseason. So, probably next season, like, probably next season, it'll be shorter. Um, yeah. Christmas, they'll probably have a shorter offseason probably that year. Um, oh, de- oh, definitely. Definitely have to get back to normal eventually. Hey, this might be off count, but, like, first off, what's going on with the regular Olympics? And, like, also – I saw this online. Maybe I'm just maybe it's just lack of people, but they still had the Special Olympics. Like, and I feel like that can't be like much safer, you know? Like, like, and I'm not, you know, like, <laughs> sorry for laughing. Oh, please forgive me. No, no, but you feel me? Like, it's like, why are we doing it? Yeah, like, I, feel you, I, feel you. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's interesting. I didn't know they had that. Are you sure? I I saw it. On, I saw like. An actual race. And you know what? You know, I'm going to double check this live on air because it might have been like a sports flashback moment. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, there's maybe, let's set this up. Oh, yeah. You probably were tripping. Um, Special Olympics. Well, I saw that um, there is still concerns that we might not even be able to have them in 2021. Um, well, the Olympics? Yeah. So, but who knows? Um, I, I think they said if we don't have it in 2021, that there, there's no way they can push it back any any longer than that. Obviously, we still have a long way from here and the Olympics, but that'd be pretty cool to see if they don't have it next year. That's that's honestly, if we talk about like that sucking for LeBron, uh, that's really got to suck for Olympic athletes. Like, think about it. You might only have your prime of whatever your sport is for one like round of the Olympics. Like, yeah. you know, you. You're trained all your life potentially for at least a minimum four years if you're like regularly going to the Olympics, and then that just gets canceled, and now you have to just be prepared in another four years. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's um like you said, people prepare from you know their you know early years to their adolescence, and some people are going to the Olympics when they're you know 16, 17, 18 years old, and um for some sports, man, your prime is very very short, and others, right, you have um, you know, some 30-year-old Olympians who are still doing the thing. But like you said, for the most part, man, they only get one or two shots at it. So that's pretty crazy. Um, hopefully, hopefully we're, we do get the Olympics next year. Um, I understand that's a lot of traveling. That's a lot of cross-contamination. But hopefully there's a vaccine um, by that point in time. For the record, I looked it up. I think it was just a sports flashback. <laughs> I was looking at it. That's I was possible as fuck, bro. That'd be so irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was like, "There's no way." I was like, "Why would they cancel all?" It was, it was like, it was like track and field too. And I was like, "What the fuck?" All right, all right. Good, good to know. I apologize to the people who run the Special Olympics. You guys are doing a fine job. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, another exciting thing, right? Um, that we'll we'll see what kind of transpires from this situation. But the MLB and the owners um, are um, 
they're meeting on Tuesday. I think I think virtually. I don't know the ins and outs ins and outs of that. But to go over a proposal that the owners are proposing to the players on a 50-50 uh, revenue split for this upcoming 2020-2020 season. And there's been a lot of mixed mixed opinions in the media um, oh. players about this 50-50 revenue split. Right on one end, you have people saying, "How are the owners and the players going to be arguing about you know 50-50 split?" Um, when there's, you know, 30-something million people unemployed, people need sports, and these babies are whining about, you know, a percentage of their millions and millions of dollars that they're going to be earning for the year. Um, so some people are just like, hey, man, they need to just figure it out, suck it up, and don't make us wait too much longer because um, they're being, you know, selfish and blah, blah, blah. I, I think that is – it's okay to think that, I, I would say. I think, right, I think we do need sports and um, – we deserve it, and right when when people are unemployed and can't find their next meal, it is a little annoying to see people arguing over a percentage of a big, 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 big pot when people aren't getting shit. But at the same time, I, I mean, I don't subscribe to that thought process, right? They they are putting themselves at risk, the players, um, and also they have no, they don't have a revenue split agreement within the um, CBA for the MLB. They don't have a salary cap. They don't have a revenue splitting uh, situation ever. So the players, they don't want to go down that slippery, slippery slope of giving them too much power and then them using that, right, moving forward after the season. Hey, we're going to keep this revenue split thing going for longer. And I compare this to what we were talking about, contact tracing, right? Once you, When you give, right, the people in power a little bit too much power, sometimes it's not used just for that one little, you know, piece of innovation that they need it for. Oh, we can we can maybe keep this in place and you know do a lot of different things with this and kind of extend it and find different ways to you know make ourselves benefit from it. So I understand right why the players are hesitant to agree to a revenue splitting situation um, because they are the ones that are putting themselves at risk and they're also not going to be able to see their family and friends and things like that. So um, interesting situation. What are you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, honestly. Like I said, there's, it's not as easy as it seems because I do get that there's a lot of baseball players, especially baseball players of all major sports, who make a ridiculous amount of money. Like, I would, I would say if, you were, like, if you're looking for the big bucks with also the, you know, not too much physical tear upon yourself, you look at places like that, uh, NBA, but especially the MLB, right? You look at, like, a team like the Yankees where, you know, blank check to if you're a superstar. You could be insanely rich in baseball. But my concern, and I don't know if maybe you know anything about this, but how is this going to affect minor league players? Because there are three levels of that, and they those guys really don't make anything. I honestly have no idea. Those dudes don't make shit, though. They basically get their, free, their lodging and, like, a little bit of money for, like, food and stuff like that, like, while they're in the season and, like, they're living on, you know, with the team and stuff, like, um, on the road going, you know, to and from games. But their salaries are low, low, low. I saw some crazy statistic a while back. Uh, I was reading some article about like how minor league baseball players kind of just get screwed, and they broke it down and showed at when Justin Verlander was on the Tigers, still like when he had like whatever his big ass contract was with them, you could take that amount of money from just his contract 
and give every single minor league baseball player, single A through triple A, uh, I think it was like a $2,000 raise a year. And that's, I mean, that's not a shot at Justin Verlander by any means. He's a great pitcher. And if you're going to get paid millions of dollars to be awesome at something, like you got to take the money. But like, that just goes to show like how crazy, like broke some of these, these guys are making like the equivalent of like what interns are making sometimes. Yeah, yeah man. And, and it's nuts. I mean, I think that they said, right. Like a lot of people, you know, even if, even if you're like, really, really, you know, highly taught a prospect, right? You're top high school, you're doing amazing in college, all that good stuff. That most of the time, man, you need like anywhere from like, I think they say like 600, 500 um, to 1500 batting attempts, like in the minor leagues before like you can actually like, before you actually like are, you know, a quote unquote, real, real MLB caliber player, right? Obviously, that's not everyone. Some people, they do one year. Some people do, you know, no time in the, in the minors. Some, some people go straight to the big, big leagues. But a lot of those guys, man, they, they got their start in minor leagues. And I always think about, what about those people that probably could have been great, but did not want to, you know, maybe not did not want to, but just probably couldn't afford to make $20,000 a year and be away from your family for the whole year, you know, play right. your love, right? So, um, and it's weird because baseball has the highest, I want to say the highest average salary out of any um, major American sport. I think their average salary per their players is like almost five million. So it's not like they don't, they're like scrounging for cash. I think that there's a way that they can probably pay their minor league players a little bit more, but that's another topic for, you know, that's another, another discussion for another day. Um, I will say. All right. I well, I I do want to just unrelated to baseball, still related to sports. I just wanted to uh, bring up that the official statement from the office of William McCormick is saying it's fuck Paul Pierce till the end of time. <laughs> I just had I just had to get it out there. It's been on my mind for like the last week or so. Uh, Paul Pierce is is like the like when I say ugly, like ugly, like the like the ugliest playing elite player, a Hall of Famer probably that I've ever seen, right? He doesn't do anything like super, super spectacular. He's not very athletic. He's not very like you – know, he, he was just pretty good. but He's just a good basketball player, but like in the grossest way possible. Yeah, yeah. In the possible. But he also has like the, the wildest takes. Like, like Paul Pierce is a walking old take machine. Dude, he's been coming out with some really bad ones since he retired. He first off, he's trying to be a revisionist, uh, and I, and I don't take kindly to that. One, he said, "This is the what really made me not like him from the beginning." Uh, and this, I'm, this might have been an over exaggeration on my part, but he said he was a better basketball player than Dwayne Wade. And for those who don't know, Dwayne Wade is my favorite basketball player. And I was like, Paul Pierce, you're just simply fucking wrong about that. Which I stand on that ground and I can make that argument. But he also has just said so many wild things. He does he did like most recently he didn't put LeBron James in his top five basketball players of all time, which is very silly. He also one time faked an injury because he shit his pants. <laughs> And like want to get carried off the court, and he like said this, like everyone, like he could have not said that. He did it unprovoked. He just brought it up, and I was like, ever since this man retired, he's just been taking L after L after L. Yeah, man, he um, he's the king of the cold take. 
remember that segment where it was like Michelle Beal, Jalen Rose, and Paul Pierce. And I, I think it was Jalen Rose, or maybe it was Jalen, but Paul Pierce and Jalen Williams or, or Jalen Rose were going back and forth about like how um, Paul Pierce was saying he was better than Dwayne Wade, and the other guy was saying, "No, you're tripping." And they they were going and he they were going back stats back and forth. And then Michelle Beadle's in the back just ad libbing the whole argument. <laughs> we just shooting on part Paul Pierce. She's like, "What? Oh hell no! You're crazy!" Like she's just going in on him. Um, but yeah, man, Paul Pierce needs to be. Well, I don't want to say canceled from from being a commentator because I think that that like when you say stupid shit like that, like we're talking was, about our, yeah. our podcast, right? So like that's good. Like, yeah. No, no publicity is bad publicity. He's just gotta. Um, he's just looking like one of those really salty people. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you, like, when you've had a successful career, and instead of just like, instead of just like, you know, being happy, retired, and kind of, um, like, he, obviously he's, he's getting paid to critique sports right now. Mm-hmm. The way that he does it, I think that it's more so. It's always about putting himself up on a pedestal versus like just like recognize game, recognizing game, right? If that makes sense. Right? You don't got but in your position, you're what is he a two, three time champ, uh, NBA champion? No, he's one-time champ. He's just a, he's a Hall of Famer. It's and the, the thing is, he's just like never gotten over the fact that LeBron James is way more superior a basketball player than him. And it's like this: he need like Paul Pierce, Hall of Famer. I'll give him his credit. Same thing with like Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and all of them. Those are all Hall of Fame players. They all deserve their shine. But facts are facts. You needed all three of you guys to take LeBron James and a Cavs team, which best could be described as filled with created characters that no one even knows. Like, like unless you're, uh, you know, from fucking Cleveland, you don't know anyone other than LeBron James for the first time he was in Cleveland. And it took all of you guys to seven games to beat a 24 year old LeBron James. Like that happened. And then from, as soon as he went to the heat, he just started dominating. Fun fact for our viewers, uh, LeBron James has scored I think what like 15, 16, 17,000 points in his career. 1,000 of those as on Paul Pierce alone. And if you add in the playoffs, he has dropped 2,000 points on Paul Pierce. So I I see why Paul Pierce is angry, but it's like you mentioned, it's it's him just trying to tear down players instead of just enjoying his spot in history. Yeah, man. Those those first couple of Cavs teams that LeBron was taking deep into the playoffs, right? Like you had like Delonte West, like Mo Williams, um, what was Ilgowskis? Ilgowskis, like yeah, um, just like a lot of players that you wouldn't have names unless they played with LeBron James, right? Like, Literally, I know Anderson Varejao for uh, really two things: playing with LeBron James and being dunked on by Dwayne Wade terribly. So, yeah, that that series that you were talking about here is the starting five for the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is the 2008 um, – is it the Eastern Conference Finals, I want to say, Um, where the Celtics won that series 4-3. This Mm -hmm. is – LeBron James, Delonte West, Zadronis Ilgowskis, Ben Wallace, and Wally Zerbiak. And the (laughs) – wow, I I can't even believe that I'm I'm seeing this. But, like, off the bench they had – um, I don't even know any of these guys. Anderson Varejao, that's Sasha. Um, I don't know how to say his name. Pulevich, and then 
yeah, man, like literally a bunch of guys that you don't know them and you only know them because they play with LeBron. Bro, I I need to get this. Like I'm going to find this while we're on live right here. There is a – to show you why Paul Pierce is so mad at fucking LeBron James right now, it's – LeBron has – okay, first off, the, the first thing is one time Paul Pierce – <laughs> what's that Paul Pierce said while he played on the Nets was like, yo, let me guard LeBron. I'm the only person here who understands all of LeBron's like habits and stuff. I know what makes him tick. This man, LeBron dropped 45, five and five on his fucking dome piece, bro. Like, what are you talking about Paul Pierce? And then like, Oh my God, if I don't find this, I'll be a little upset, but the idea behind this is the crazy amount of games and the amount of points that LeBron scored against Paul Pierce in every single time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> found, I think we found the world's biggest Paul Pierce hater, and his name is Billy McCormick. Bro, I'm saying it's – you know what? I actually I actually liked Paul Pierce. He, very, he has a very gross basketball uh, way of playing, but he is a Hall of Famer. Paul Pierce, man. Fuck Paul Pierce. Oh, I found it. I found it. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. so it says in quotes, Paul Pierce, LeBron James isn't in my top five. LeBron versus Paul Pierce throughout his career. LeBron James has dropped 49 points on Paul Pierce once, 45 points twice, 43 points once, 42 points once, 38 points five times, 37 points two times, 36 points eight times, 35 points five times, 34 points four times, 33 points two times, 32 points three times, 31 points three times, and 30 points two okay, times. Okay, a lot of fucking now, I, ha- I, had, I had to bring it out. I'm not going to do the math for you, but that shit's over 1,000 points on one person. So fuck Paul Pierce. We can move on. That's- we can move on. We can move on. Um, right, we're, we're approaching June. We have the presidential um, general election coming up in um, – November and the Democratic nominee Joe Biden, yet again, in the news for the wrong reasons. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> weird. Weird. But uh, really surprised. But he was on the Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God. Did an interview with Charlemagne the God. Um, say what you want about Charlemagne. He's he he's he does have some pretty good interview interviews. He is like controversial. He says some shit that you probably shouldn't say. He, Got some allegations against him, whatever. We're not here to talk about Charlemagne God, um, but we are here to talk about Sleepy Joe. And um, <laughs> <laughs> they were having a serious conversation, right? It's okay to joke, lighthearted sometimes, right? Um, but Joe Biden goes, "Let's be honest. If we, if if you have to if you have to really decide between me and and Trump, you ain't black." And oh, buddy, <laughs> and. All right, I, I, I'm going to start off by saying I kind of agree with him. However, he is in no position, no position whatsoever to tell a black person that they are not black, right? Like, like I get a you, and you, you know. Wait, Drew, you didn't hear? He was Obama's vice president. <laughs> he was Obama's brother. Like, at every <laughs> point, he always makes, makes it a, a point to make sure that, you know, that he was, um, you know, came up with Obama. But, yeah, I mean... Dude, you just like you. He made it seem like the like um like black people need him when it's the other way around, bro. You need black people. Bro. You would not be in the position that you are without 
the black support, right? Like, we don't need you. We can vote. For, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, the way that he portrayed himself is like, you need me, not where the real reality is that, no, he needs us. If that makes, makes sense. He went on and he apologized. So I'll give him credit for apologizing. But come on, man, you got to know when you, when you, when you put yourself on the pedestal that you have been, you know, civil rights advocate, progressive um, politics when it comes to race, criminal justice system, all these different things. Like, you can't do that. You have to, like, you have to know that that's not okay. Um, and he also has an iffy, re iffy record on crime, if we're being honest, right? He co-wrote co co that 1991 crime bill that resulted, you know, hundreds of thousands of black and brown people getting arrested for very, very, very little offenses and, you know, three strikes. Oh, he was, he, he's had some pretty some pretty um, controversial policies that have affected black and brown people. And right, maybe he's made up for it, maybe he hasn't, but he's just not in a position to tell black person they're not black. And fuck, man, I'm just mad that we have to fucking pick between another two people that just- I Terrible, the worst candidates. Like, how, how, it, if it almost feels like a repeat of 2016, like, right, obviously Trump's the same guy there, but like, the DNC just just shows and shows continues to show that they don't care, um, they don't care about progressive politics. Um, they wanna they wanna put push put someone on that position who, um, you know, is attractive to you know the big donors, the right, the big lobbyists. Right, he's gonna Joe Biden. He takes money from pretty much every single industry. He has super PACs. He has PACs that you know. Um, on his behalf, run a campaign ads, do all these different things to help him get elected. I'm voting for Joe Biden just because I can't do another fucking four years of Donald Trump, but he just continues to show us that he is in no position to lead this country. And I'm disappointed in the American people. I'm disappointed in the Democratic National Committee, um, but we're, we don't have a ton of options. Right, yeah, and I mean, I'll be, I'll be voting for, uh some sleepy Joe as well. I definitely won't be voting for Trump. I'll tell you that. But I do think I, I know me and you differ about this. I, maybe I'm just too pessimistic based on 2016. But I still think that it's closer than it really can be. And I, if Joe keeps, I don't. I'm not saying this is gonna continue to happen. But if Joe keeps having these moments like he's having now, like you saw, uh, within 12 hours, Trump made a web a, a T-shirt on his website hashtag you ain't black and then quoting Joe Biden he made a commercial with that in there and then quoting Joe Biden in like different hi historical Congress settings talking about all these crime bills that he's for and I'm like ooh, these are bad looks man yeah man it almost seems like the DNC just doesn't give a fuck and they just want another four years ago because like Joe Biden is the guy that you're going to get so much political ad content from his fucking his his bloopers, man. He's he's he was on the Senate floor, literally talking about how he wanted to cut Social Security and cut Medicaid and Medicare. Like, like regardless of what the context was, I think it was it, it, the, the context may have been okay for him to say that at the time. Maybe not. I don't remember exactly. But the fact that you can just pull that soundbite and put that in an ad and just put it on TV for hundreds of million people to watch—it's right? a wrap. Like, it's a, like he's got so many soundbites that just don't look good for him. Um, right, there's a, literally a compilations of the videos of him, you know, smelling people's hair, kissing up on, you know, girls and you know, middle-aged women, just like getting a little too comfortable, man. Like, and 
I don't know, man. I just think there was so many safer candidates that like we could have probably pushed, right? Like obviously, right? That we we elected him, right? We elected Joe Biden. Joe Biden got the majority of the delegates. Blah, 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 blah. A lot of stuff's going on behind the scenes that, right? When when you get the endorsement of the other four moderate candidates and they drop out before Super Tuesday, right? yeah, instantaneously, handed hmm. him the election, right? Like. There was some backdoor conversations had, and I'm not no political Capitol Hill insider, but it doesn't take a genius to realize that some conversations were had before Super Tuesday. Hey, if we drop out before Super Tuesday, blah, 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 you'll, we'll have your back later in later election, blah, 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 whether you're Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, like those people are going to be around for a while. Um, but Joe Biden was not, he was not the popular candidate. Like the moderate vote was split, you know, pretty much. Across everyone. Off the board because but Biden was actually doing the worst. Obviously, the Southern states didn't vote yet. But yeah, man, I, I mean, he didn't really. I mean, he won, but he didn't really win. Like it was mandatory. Yeah, it's. It, I don't know. You see that there was some showing that his support numbers only went up when other candidates dropped out. Like it wasn't moments in his campaign that he really did anything. And now we're. I don't know. I kind of feel like in a way. People that are at that level of politics that are in the DNC and the RNC and stuff don't necessarily view it as this is the president uh, that is going to, over the next four years, is going to make major decisions. It's like, oh, it's a wins and loss game. Like, you know, Joe Biden might beat Trump, but he might lose, but we don't want to waste a good candidate this year. I kind of want to, you know, save one for 2024. You know, like it kind of seems like they're trying to like, save it they're like oh well we think that anyone we put out there trump might beat so why waste someone good when we can save them for 2000 i don't know if that's true but that's kind of just like the way it feels in a way i think right like if i was if i was to have a moderate be the nominee i don't think that i would have picked joe biden right if it was drew venerable decides who the democratic nominee is but it has to be a moderate democrat um I mean, there was things that I didn't like about Pete, but I'd probably be more comfortable with him. I'd probably be more comfortable with Klobuchar. I'd probably be more comfortable with you know, Tulsi. Um, she tells the line between moderate and progressive, but it's another story for a different day. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like they just, like you said, they just were like, not to say that I really love those other people that I just named, but like. You would like them better than Joe. <laughs> better than Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and. I'm on team. I don't think Trump has a chance no matter who the Democratic nominee is. However, I say that with caution. Because <laughs> I know how dangerous he is. I know how they will do anything. They will say anything. They will run any ad. They will do anything to stir up his base and drain the swamp. Quote, unquote. Drain the swamp. So, um, but yeah, no, we'll see. Just, Just um we'll talk about voting in another episode and like kind of what's going on with that but hopefully man i just i really i really encourage you guys all to make sure that you guys are going out and voting and not just for the big um right the federal elections but also like the local um state elections those are those are the ones where you can actually get a lot of things done um that affect you and your family please please exercise your right to vote the biggest reason why the progressive democrats don't do a really good job when it comes to these uh primaries is because Young people just don't vote. Young people seem like they have a lot of voice. They're more, the most passionate. 
we just don't go out in the we don't go we don't show up in, to the polling stations in the numbers that you know the retirement you know the boomers and the people post retirement are they show up man they show up like and they show up in packs and um, when you do go vote grab your friend like on your way to the fucking polling station grab your friend who you know they maybe they care about politics but they've never gone to vote so just do your part but also try to encourage someone else to go do their part as well because we can get a lot of things changed i know a lot of people don't believe that like oh it doesn't matter blah 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 but it does it does now the the degree of how much that can be argued that can be debated but it does matter right and i would say first off just so everyone can write it down uh Tuesday, November 3rd is the national election day. So there's no excuse to, oh, when is it? Like, and if you live in Illinois, I don't know the laws for North Carolina, Illinois, you can register the same day to vote in your uh, town. Even if you've never voted before, you don't got to do shit before you. Uh, And I don't know. I think that I would think about it like this. If you've spent the last four years on the internet complaining about anything whether it was a republican or a democrat doing something whether it was trump or whoever and then you don't go vote it's like to me you just want to complain about your problems like this is your chance to be like hey i'm gonna you know follow through on something that i think is important instead of just you know like a tweet a tweet's not going to change the country you know a facebook post don't going to change the country but this this is at least a chance to put your mark in a way that can yeah, and, and and I'm not advocating for anything like oh, like you if, if you don't vote you can't do certain things. But imagine right. if, like social media or like just like things in general, like you couldn't acquire certain things unless you participated in this beautiful thing that people fought for hundreds of years to be able to do, vote right. Like like imagine right, like all right if there was like a a Twitter or like a Facebook like like way for to know like if if this person voted or not and prevented them from talking about politics, right? Like if you don't fucking vote, don't fucking play. That's all I got to say. And it goes for both sides of the, the aisle, you know, if you're in the middle, whatever, but don't fucking complain if you don't fucking vote. Use your power. A lot of people can't vote that want to vote. A lot of people want to come here. A lot of people want to, like, we have a very, very desirable place. Now that doesn't mean that everything is perfect, but just fucking vote, man. I'm done with, I'm done. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I think this would be a good time. We're going to wrap it up a little bit. I don't have much else to say. Um, one more thing that we wanted to um, talk about. Um, oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I don't know if – oh, I guess we, we could end on this note, right? Like, we're, everything's starting to open back up. What are some uh, – one thing that I have in mind, uh, you know, one of three things that you're looking forward to doing the most – and then we'll, we'll kind of go after that. We'll talk about, you know, just some music, what we've been listening to, things like that. And then we'll, you know, wrap it up. Cool. All right. You want to you start? Yeah. So like I said, man, a couple of things that I'm just looking forward to doing, right, that, um, you know, I haven't been able to do in a long time is this one may seem cliche, may seem obvious, but I'm just super, super excited to plan a trip, take a trip, see some friends, see some someplace new. Um not that I'm, I have a terrible life or anything, but something that keeps me going and keeps me motivated throughout my work week, throughout my, you know, life is having those uh, milestones of things that you have planned to look forward to, which is shows you why you're working. One thing that I've been de- dealing with during this quarantine thing is I'm just, I've been kind of a lack of motivation. I'll, I'll go through spurts. Like some days I'm like, I'm being very productive. I'm reading a book. I'm reading some articles. I'm, you know, doing some, again, doing some extra work things like that. But then other days I'm just like in a funk and I can't find the motivation. And usually 
right? When you have those things that you're able to look forward to, like a, a vacation, you're like, oh, I just have to work hard for a little bit longer than I'm going to be, you know, I'm set my laptop down, set the bullshit down and just fucking relax, kick it with some friends, have a couple of drinks with the, you know, with some friends or, you know, see a new city, something like that. So I would say that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, how about you? Well, one, one, I just, cause here's the thing. I don't, I haven't really thought about what I want to do post quarantine, obviously, because you know, it's not like it's a set day, you know, and I, I've, like there's things I want to do, but I think I, it's more so I want the comfort of knowing that I can do things, you know? I think that's because I, like, for example, I have tickets. I'm going to see some stand-up comedy in November. And like right now I'm like, hey, November's a little bit away, but like, am I going to be able to do that? Like, right. am I gonna, like you said, am I going to be able to travel? Like part of my job is traveling. It's like, am I ever going to travel for my job again? You know, like there's, there's, there's a bunch of different things that just the ambiguity has kind of been killing me. I'm, I'm a type of person I'm, I'm comfortable chilling in the house and stuff, you know, maybe just seeing a couple of people, but to not be able to do any fun things with those people is really rough for me. I yeah. Would say. yeah, man, it's rough for sure. Um, take advantage of the virtual tools that we have to, that you can kind of get some of that human interaction, but it's not the same. It, it won't ever be the same. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to kind of be right, have the option to do things. I, I'm a I'm a self-proclaimed introvert, um, but I am social. I can be social. I like to be social, but it has to happen in doses. And having the option to be social is also comforting. It's easy. Like I don't know. Like I've always been the kind of person that's like, oh, I can go out if I want to, but I don't really want to. So, but when you just have no choice, it's kind of it, it kind of sucks. Yeah, bro. Like, like here's the thing. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm not in, like, I just saw the, like, Lego Ozarks or wherever, where all those people were on the beach. And like, I, like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to do that shit. But like, but like, but like, I'm lying to myself in my like room when I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't rather be like sitting in an outdoor patio bar with like friends drinking beers right now. That would suck. I'd much rather be sitting in my room. (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> you know and i try to lie to myself sometimes and i'm like no this, that's just not as fun yeah if anybody if you guys don't know what we're talking about there was a video released uh it was from may 23rd i want to say Lake of the ozarks um the show that on netflix the ozarks is based in Lake of the ozarks missouri um very 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 vast um channel of lakes and they say that it has more coastline than the coast of california just a ton of lakes um lake area within missouri but it's a big spot for like lake houses obviously and um like beach bars with like pool and like you know big beach parties and pool parties but yesterday man there was probably there, i don't mean i don't know how to it's hard to get you know i i look at a crowd and it could be a hundred or it could be like ten thousand you know like yeah if i had to i had to make a guess now this may be all wrong but i'd probably say like 1500 people probably like in in, in a pretty pretty big sized area but like when you talk about like you know maybe like 800 to 1500 people like they're all on top of each other you got people with the crowd at the bar there's people in the pool you can't there's more like you, there's not a lot of area open in the pool so there was definitely no social distancing going on and i'm not going to distance by any means. Like, uh, i like in the beginning i was very a, a pretty big stickler i've definitely loosened up i've been seeing more people been going out more places things like that but i think that like it just looked absurd to me. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm good on that. Like, I mean, the only way I'd be uncomfortable in that situation if, if 
if his if I was plastered, and I'm sure most of those people were plastered. But damn, man, I like I said, I don't want to be the guinea pig. I don't want to be the first. Like I don't want to be a part of the first group of like, oh, everything's good. Let's pretend like everything's normal. I I want everything to be normal. I want everything to be as close to normal. But I'm gonna ease myself back into it. Um just to see how things go. Like, I mean, I'm not saying things are going to like back up. I hope they don't, but right. Like I want to play it safe. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I just know that, you know, the bars open up technically, right. Uh, May 29th. Probably not going to see Billy there on the 29th, you know, like I was like, I might wait a little bit on that one. That's uh, I'm cool with it. But I also think it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Like, here's the thing. Because, you know, about a month back, everyone was either in the this is bullshit group or like super like a strict, you know, lockdown type person, I would say. And I I felt like it was more appropriate then, less appropriate now. And more, I think that we understand that you can't control everyone's actions right. and that, you know what, bro? Like, I if you're going to tell me that it's okay, like, like you're going to make the argument to me that it's healthy and there's no issue with like going to the club or the beach or like or all these people i'll argue with you that it's not but if you tell me you're gonna go like that's what you're gonna go do i'm not gonna stop you like go ahead and be an adult like i'm just saying like if you're gonna like you know like you said you don't want to be the guinea pig but somebody's gonna have to be and it's just not gonna be me you know and um right i think i think where it gets muddy is some people are like oh you're being selfish blah 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 your actions don't just affect you you might be okay but you might give it to four people Blah blah blah. So that there's some there's some there's some um, warrant like something warranted to the people that are like super super extreme. However, like you said, man, people are grown. People are gonna make their own decisions. People are gonna you know they're gonna act in their own self interest. Um, so we can't keep people locked down forever. Uh, but like I said, I just don't want no parts of that being the guinea pig uh, personally. Um, but yeah, well we can move on here. I just want to talk a little bit about some of the music that I've been listening to. Lately. Oh yeah, you kind of missed out. Go, what have you been on listening to music? Oh man, so there's been there's been a couple things that I've been bumping lately. One thing that was pretty pretty good was uh, now for my for my folks who cancel any artist who has anything you know any sort of right, domestic violence thing like that. I'm sorry, but I, I did listen to the, the Chris Brown Young Thug project. And it was pretty solid. Like there was not any bad songs on that project. Like I don't want to say that there was there was like I don't think that it's like amazing, but I think every song was probably like if I had to give it a rating, I, I guarantee like every song was probably like a seven point five eight out of ten, like, like somewhere around that that like average, like you know B. There was no bad songs. There was a couple really good ones, but like it was a very very um quality project i would say so if you want to check out if you like young thug if you like chris brown they actually collaborated really really well on um i think they called it slime and b a couple good songs on there uh, oh, yeah. one she bumped her head with gunna young thug very good song um go check that out it was a good pretty good album yeah i i, did, I gave it a listen um I, I think I probably had like a similar take. It, it wasn't like overwhelming that I loved it, but like there was no, there was nothing bad. I enjoyed it. And it yeah. was like, I didn't know how Chris Brown and Young Thug would sound on a track, but like it, it was definitely way better than I expected. Honestly. And then, exactly. I had low expectations. Even my expectations, were, like you said, like it wasn't like, you didn't blow your mind, but it also, there was no songs that you were like, oh, this shit is trash. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Cause there's a, some of my favorite art, artists have songs where you're like, 
damn, some of this shit's ass. Uh, so I think it was pretty solid. Another thing that I've been listening to heavy um, was is this new Gunna album called the uh, the album is named Wanna. I don't know if it, it means like a winner, like a, I'm a wanna, or a I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I have no fucking clue. But um, I, my first opinion after listening to the this Wanna album was that uh eh I didn't really like it. Like I love Gunna. I think that he is pretty pretty like uh, the way that he like harmonizes his melodies and humming over the beat and kind of his like his vocal patterns are 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 amazing. Um, but like I said, my first reaction was, I'm not really feeling it. Gave it a couple more listens, and it definitely, definitely grew on me. Um, I, I'll probably give this album like a, a probably a, a, a 6.9 or 7 out of 10. But there is like there is like six songs that I really, really, really enjoyed, and I will let you know what they are. Um, Blindfold featuring Lil Baby, Skybox, um, Met Gala, Nasty Girl, cooler than a bitch and do better those are all my favorite songs so you don't have to listen to the whole album but if you do listen to those songs because I, I promise you'll like them actually no i don't promise shit but if you like rap music i promise you like <laughs> if, if you like young thug and you like like the style of young thugs rap you probably like gunner as well um but yeah go check that one out what have you been up to what have you been listening to Billy? so admittedly i am slacking on this gun album i haven't listened to it at all um I plan on listening to it either today or tomorrow. Uh, most of, really, like I like. I mean, I've been listening to Future a little bit, but I've really been listening to Polo G a lot, like a lot, a lot. Uh, like I mentioned it last episode, that I think that this is like a this is like his album. I think that takes him to the next level of, you know, beyond local stardom, more to like a national level. In the same way that I was saying that, like. Like, like I, the best, I think this is the best example I can give is with 21 Savage. Like, when he dropped, when he had his first project with Metro Boomin and, you know, dropped, like, X and, like, Savage Mode and all that, I was like, oh, wow, this guy's pretty good. I, but I don't know if he's, like, here around to, like, like, he's here to stay, you know? Like, I was like, I'm going to wait till his next project and see, like, if he's progressed or if this is just going to be, like, a, not, a, not necessarily a one-hit wonder, but, like, a one-wave runner, you know, just... Right here for a year maybe but he like it's it, 21 savage ended up blowing me out the water with his next album dropped the album that had uh it's an album with bank account and yeah, i think that the album was hard bro there was like there's like four or five songs in that album that i still listen to like pretty religiously on my like workout playlist like bro bad business kills me every time that vision bad business oh, wow, i listened to um numb and famous those are two pretty good songs on that album another album um because i know i always talk about rap Another album that I've been listening to is Kalani's new album. It was good until it wasn't. This is some great breakup music if you want to listen to it. Um, <laughs> I'm going through a breakup, so uh, sometimes I just want to sit on my soapbox and just listen to some sad shit. It's a good, music, a good album. Kalani's pretty, pretty. Um, she's, she's pretty good, man. She's um, got some good, some good features on this album, right? She's got Tory Lanez, Janae Aiko, um, and James Blake, right? Like. She got James Blake on her album. You got to give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here, you know what? Honestly, you just here's. I started listening to it um, like the same day I was listening to some of these other albums, and then I like I I hate. This is why I always want to designate like time to listen to a whole album because then I like I I got like I started listening to a couple songs in. Got asked to do something. I uh, got up and then I like you know ate 
food or something and they never got back so now now that you're saying that and just naming off why good reasons i'm a big james blaine fan didn't even know he was on here i didn't even scroll that far i saw i, I think i listened first to i listened the first two songs but now all right i'm gonna save this right now drew for you thank you thank you thank you i appreciate it and then some other songs that i've listened to that if you guys want to give them a shot um you know follow me on spotify but um stay by Mac Miller, which is on the Divine Feminine album. Very good song. Uh, again, we're on that sad the sad music train right now. Um, let's see. Jaden Smith, his Sire album, but more specifically the song Lost Boy. Really, really good. He's got like some acoustic guitar going. He, he's, he's, he's rocking and rolling. It, it's a good song. Uh, Frank Ocean Nights, another song that I've been blasting lately. Very, very good. And then I just wanted to give a shout out to Kendrick Lamar and that da- damn album that he dropped in 2017. Dude, I don't think it gets enough. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's people somewhere in the world that are still bubbing that album religiously, but I hadn't listened to, I hadn't listened to it in a while. Um, but yesterday I, I listened to it front to back twice and man, that fucking album is so damn good. And like, you can listen to like, it's like a story being told like from, from the first track. It's beautiful. Track, it's absolutely it, beautiful. It is fucking amazing. So if you haven't listened to that album in a long time or if you've never listened to it, go listen to Dan Kendrick Lamar. Um, it's a pretty good album. Yeah, no, I highly recommend I I feel like a lot of people, you know, heard the radio hits then when it came out, like Humble and DNA and but I feel like not enough people fully understand that how like how talented Kendrick Lamar really is in the depths. Like I, I don't know how to describe that there's there's differences between like how people can make an album, you know, like your favorite artist could put out 15 songs and they could all be bangers, but that is way different than like a, like a wholesome project, you know, like it's a commitment thing. It's definitely worth checking out. I, I'll back, I'll back up that uh, recommendation. I do have a recommendation um, that I just scrolled past. So I've been listening. So I, the reason I bring this up one is because uh, the song jet black by Anderson Pack. Uh, featuring Brandy. One is that a fantastic song, and I always post it on my Instagram story to the point where one day two people called me out in the same day and was like, "Bro, you always be posting this song." Like, <laughs> and I was like, "Bro, that's my song." So, so I guess I want to give anyone who's anyone who's looking to enjoy the nice weather, or they like you know some, I guess like groovy R and B. I don't even because Anderson Pack goes across a couple of genres, but like maybe R and B ish. And maybe you're, you know, just starting a relationship or some shit. You're feeling nice. You're out here with your friends. You're with your girl, with your guy. This is great music to just enjoy summertime too. So, Jet Black by Anderson Pack, but the whole album specifically is called Ventura. Ten out of ten in my books. You may disagree, but you're wrong. That's my music recommendation. One last recommendation uh, before we wrap up the show, but um, so. Brent Fayaz, he's an R&B artist. Um, he's got a couple mixtapes out, um, but he—he, he, I don't know who I can compare him to. So he's kind of—he's kind of a mixture between like, like the kind of content and lyrics that he produces is more like on the weekends, like kind of toxic masculinity, like manipulating like women, kind of like like like. So his his music is like the weekend's lyrics, but then like more like a Bryson Tiller, um, 
who else? Like a Bryson Tiller, like kind of melodically, like singing and kind of, it's just like more mellow rap, hip hop, R&B kind of style. Um, if you want to check him out, he's got some pretty good songs. Uh, one of my favorites is called uh, Been Away on his new album called Fuck the World. And another one, another song, Poison, by, and his, his name is Brent Fires. So Brent Fires? Yeah, check him out. Um, Fires, F-A-I-Y-A-Z. Pretty good R&B music. <laughs> I, I got to admit, Drew, um, I saw you post about him and saw somebody else post about him. I forgot who. But I, I do this thing where I'm usually pretty open-minded about trying music, but sometimes people just have a name and I'm like, I ain't listening to that shit. Like, for example, this Brett Files, I saw the name. The, like the picture of like what a Brent looks like in my head, I was like, I'm not listening to this man's fucking music. I mean, Same thing. Really? I'm sure he's fine. He's nothing. Like I'm gonna check him out now that you rec- recommended it. But that was at least my thought process. I did that too, also with Jack Harlow, the rapper. Yeah. Like I saw his face and I saw his name, and I was like, Nah, this kid sucks. Like, but he's not that bad, you know. His, his name is not like his real name actually sounds cooler than his fucking stage name. What is it? Chris Brentwood. <laughs> that's not, that's okay. Because okay. Brentwood, like I would like, like but Brent Fires. So he, I agree. His name, I mean, he picked a, a, a weird stage name, but he also so then he also has a um a, a rap or a, a R and B group called Sonder with two producers, and then he's on the vocals. So sometimes you'll see his music uh, presented as just Sonder, like being like the artist and the, the name of the song. Uh, but give it a shot if you if you like kind of that. Um, lower key R and B that's not that mainstream, um, like same like mainstream flow like chorus hook or chorus verse chorus verse like it, it, his music's not like that it's like more creative more um, more flowy but yeah man that's that's all we have for you guys um, wait, wait 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 I have I can't in good faith end the show without bringing this up because because we're talking about real names and i i just recently found out what gunna's real name is <laughs> and gunna's real name for those who don't know is sergio kitchens <laughs> i saw him tweet but his middle name is his, his middle, middle name is giovanni so sergio giovanni kitchens bro sounds like he could have been made in like sicily or somewhere but like i don't bro, know i saw a tweet it said this man has got an nfl linebacker name and it killed <laughs> me bro like like Sergio plays like for the Seahawks. Right, like he's got the very ethnic first and middle name, and then his last name is just Kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's incredible. Um, but yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed the, the episode. I apologize if the quality was compromised. I am not on my normal recording equipment because I am visiting family in Chicago. Um, but shout out to Billy for holding it down last week solo dolo. Um, check out the episode last week. It's just Billy talking to himself. I promise you he's not crazy. I can't, though. I can't. <laughs> but, all right, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. This is another episode of The Gray Area. We'll be back next week. Love y'all. Give us a favor. Like us or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify Podcasts at The Gray Area. Um, you know, please rate and review us. Every, every interaction goes a long way. We appreciate the support, and we'll be back next week with more content. Have a good rest of your day. Enjoy the week. Peace. Thank you.